Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, are you ready to laugh? I was told by some very disrespectful young adults this week that I was not funny. Um, thanks, Tom Herbert. Really appreciated that. Um, so I've worked extra hard today to... Uh, nah, just... I always pick on Tom. Chasing Freedoms, his YouTube channel, if you want to <laughs> look it up. Um, you can pay me afterwards, that's fine. That's a, no, no. All right, this one might offend some people, so let's hope so, hey? Let's, uh, <laughs> the weary evangelist knocked on another door, fully expecting to have it slammed in his face. Sure enough, the older woman who answered angrily demanded that he leave once. She figured out that he was there and slammed the door. The door, however, bounced back open and the woman shouted, get your foot out of the door. But ma'am, the evangelist began when the woman again slammed the door in in his face. Once again, it bounced back open. I said, get your foot out of my door. The woman again yelled. One more time, she slammed the door. One more time, it bounced open again. But ma'am, the evangelist said again, only to be cut off. Don't talk back to me, the woman screamed in a rage. I want you off my property. She slammed the door a fourth time, only to see it bounce back open a fourth time. Ma'am, the evangelist yelled as he beat a hasty retreat down the sidewalk. You'll be able to close your door if you just move your cat out of the way. And all the cat people just turned off. They, they're, they're getting their stuff ready to leave right now. I grew up in our household with two cats um, when I was a kid. One was called Dathan and one was called Parker. <laughs> True story. And Dathan had one eye. So it always looked like he was winking at you, but he wasn't winking at you. So we don't have cats anymore, they've gone, but if you're a cat person, that's great. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just uh, some in-house news, like inside the Halliday house. Uh, My son started crawling this week, which is a big deal. Um, And he is starting to climb. So this morning we walked in and he was nearly climbing over his crib. So we've had to... Uh, deal with that. Um, so he is just growing way too quickly um, and he's just the best, best little butterball in the whole world. That's what I call him because he's just a little butterball of chubbiness. <laughs> just like his dad, let's be real. <laughs> Not as cute as me though, let's be real. All right. Psalm 23, if you have your Bibles. It's a little bit muggy today. Um, actually, could we get that fan on somebody? Just, just low. Um, Psalm 23. Today is our anointing service, and um, it's a really special service for us as a church because we want to just make sure our church family starts the year stepping into a new season uh, a new uh, season of breakthrough, a new season of the call of God. And basically what 
the anointing represents in the Bible is um, it's the supernatural element of God. And often the anointing is represented by oil. And we're going to read in Psalm 23 about this in a moment. And basically for those at the end of the service today who want to be a part of that part of the service, and you don't have to be, that's okay if you don't want to be, but we're going to stand with you and stand with your family and one of our team or Charlie and I, we're going to pray with you, we're going to anoint you with just a dab of oil um, and we're going to just believe just for a fresh touch from God for a new year. Um, and if you're visiting, hey, take that home with you in Jesus' name. We had a really powerful time just before the service in the office um, a few of the team who are praying today, we made sure we prayed with them and anointed them with oil. Charlie and myself and Bear, we prayed and anointed each other with oil. And my son's little hand was reaching up and it was a powerful moment. Um, and then we anointed uh, this team and the presence of God was so strong. It was just such a powerful moment. And if that's a preview of what's to come, then just put your seatbelt on for today. And even now, just, just have your heart so open. I, I like to start New Year's as New Year's. Some, some people don't, that's okay. But for me, I like to reset. I like to go, okay, I'm going to leave, for me, 2020 behind me. And I'm going to step into 2021. I was speaking to Pastor Joel this week, and he made a good point about we must make sure we don't lose the lessons, though, that we learned in 2020. And we can often talk about all the negativity, especially in our region with the bushfires and COVID and all that, all that stuff, which is very real. In the midst of all that, what lessons did we learn? And there were actually some really powerful lessons for our society. And at some point, I might, I might share some of the lessons that I learned when it came to how I view God this year or last year, how I view my family, um, things like slowing down, getting... Um, forced to not be so busy. It's amazing what you learn when you're just stuck at home for a month or two in lockdown, that you have to slow down. Did you learn any powerful lessons last year? I just take time to reflect on those things because as much as last year had some challenges, there's also some great gifts if you have eyes to see what God was trying to do in and through your life. I believe that all things work for the good for those who love, love God. So Psalm 23 says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Notice that he makes me lie down. I feel like last year was a year of forcing society to stop. <laughs> forcing everyone to slow down. You cannot leave your house for a season. You have to. That's forcing you. It's making you lie down in green pastures potentially if you saw it that way, he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. I'm going to keep reading in a second, but I'm just going to pray because I just, I sense there's a prophetic edge on this message. I sense that God actually wants to really speak to you and you, your family and our church and our society through this message. As I read Psalm 23, even now again, I see, I can see, you know, last year is so much like that, a bit of a dark valley. But I want to speak over you again today, and I believe it's the heart of God. We're stepping into a new season. 
Father, we just take a moment just to open our hearts again. Lord, we just we don't take this lightly. We don't take this with a familiar heart. We don't just look at the flesh this morning. We look to you, Holy Spirit. And I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would cause our ears to be opened, cause our eyes to be opened to what you are saying and what you are doing. Father, both those in this place and those joining us online, Father, I pray just for a fresh touch from the throne room of heaven. And most of all, Lord Jesus, that we would fall deeper in love with you. You are so good. You are so wonderful. We take time to honour you in this moment. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's keep reading. It says this. It says, Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And it says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today I want to focus in particular on this. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, and surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear an amen? amen. I love that. Psalm 23. What a beautiful psalm. What a beautiful piece of scripture. If you're going to memorize a psalm, memorize Psalm 23. It's such a, a key for our lives. But I just want to pull apart really simply today a couple of key things in Psalm 23 and some things I believe God has for us and has for you. The first thing is this, where it says this. It says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. At home, um, I'm always whinging because... <laughs> I've got to finish that. Um, uh, cups are too small. We need bigger cups in the world. As I dab my little big forehead. We need bigger cups. Thanks, Mark Webster. Thanks, Pastor Joel. Why? I will go through half a litre, 750ml drink with my meal, no worries. Easy. To refill a cup is annoying. Just give me a massive cup to start with. Whenever I, uh, we, we go visit my parents, their cups are so small. It's a land of small cups. And I say to my mum, I do, I say to her, you've got to get bigger cups. I now bring my own cups. <laughs> Not even joking. And I had a great moment this, this Christmas because Charlotte found, hidden away in our storage, a massive cup. I should have brought it in. I forgot to bring it in. This cup, I reckon, would be about this big. It's a cup that is so heavy, you need two hands to hold it. This, the psalm here speaks about he anoints our head with oil. He anoints us. He anoints us. Jesus was anointed, what? To bring good news. To bind the brokenhearted. To set free the captives. That anointing rests upon us today. And the anointing of God comes because he commissions us and he calls us to step into new and bigger things for his kingdom. A new season brings a new anointing, a fresh touch from heaven, 
I, I believe that when you become a Christian, God anoints you with his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is oil. He represents, represented by oil, but at the same time, he wants to keep filling us. How cool is that? Now, if you want a biblical example, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came a few times. Read it. Not just the day of Pentecost. He then revisited. It's like he, it's like he never left, but it's like, I'm going to just refresh you again. I'm going to refresh you again. And I just love that. And I love the fact that when it comes to our lives, that, hey, 2021, God has things for you. And please hear this. You can enter this year like every other year. And you probably get what you get most other years. But what if God actually wants you to step into something bigger? <laughs> what if there's some, some water he wants you to walk on? Like Peter walked on the water. What if there's some miracles he actually has for you? Some breakthroughs, some, some things that, you see, God is always speaking to us. He speaks to our hearts. He gives us a scripture. And he wants us to always be partaking of his word and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit because God, yes, he's the same yesterday, today and forever, but we enter into new seasons. Thank goodness we're not in winter forever. I love, I, I enjoy winter for a little bit, but I love spring. And then I enjoy summer for a little bit in the hot summers, but then I get over summer, bring on autumn. And so it takes a really... Um, perceptive person spiritually to recognize the seasons they're in the spiritual season you're in and if right now you feel like you're in a winter winters are hard winters are darker they're colder under the surface things are happening but on the surface it looks like things are just barren no but you need the winter for the spring spring's like everything's great everything's just busting forward everything there's there are more weeds, but that's okay. Everything's fine. It's, but it's, people are happier in spring. There's more weddings in spring. But then it comes to summer, and summer's fun, great, beach, all that. But you need your autumn. And autumn is leaves falling off trees. It's pruning back. It's, God, where are you? <laughs> and you think, God, uh, uh, things are, this isn't the summer, this isn't the spring. And then you go into a winter off that. And that's where we have to be careful. Because if we're not careful, then we feel, we feel like winters last forever. We feel like a winter becomes our identity. I don't know if this is making any sense to you, but if for those it is, lay a hold of it. Your winter is not your identity, and it's not your forever. Your autumn is not your forever either, but it plays a part in the seasons of God. And for every season, God says, there's a grace. I'll use a practical example. When I got married, I needed a grace. It's different being single to being married. And the married people here said, well, hopefully it's different, I don't know. When I had a son, I needed a grace to be a parent. I can't just be the same, I had to learn, I had to grow. Those sleepless nights happen. Right now, Bear's teething. He's awake through the night. We have to have a grace. We have to lean into God. When we took on the church, there's a grace to pastor. That's why not everyone, anyone here could go start a church down the road, but unless there's a grace from God, you watch them fall apart because what happens is you need to be graced. 
So we have this, this psalm that says, I anoint, you anoint my head with oil. And then in the same sentence, my cup overflows. And the first thing this year, I, I pray you lay a hold of it, is this. I believe it's a year of your cup overflowing. Your cup overflowing. Overflow means overflow. It means mess, but great mess, hopefully. It means just things coming. It's, it's like people around you partake of the goodness of God just because it's overflowing out of your life. Can I hear an amen? I think it's so amazing. I think it's so amazing that each of us have rivers in us. I was praying for someone before in the office and I just gave them the word, I hear the thunderous sound of the mighty river of God. It's a thunderous sound. It's not a quiet little creek, it's a thunderous mighty river. And for your life, I encourage you, you have rivers in you. Anyone been to the Grand Canyon before? Yeah, if you haven't, in one day when you can travel, go to the Grand Canyon. Or any valley. Valleys are formed predominantly by a river over time. It changes things. It changes the landscape. And so this morning, I encourage you, when it comes to God, when it comes to overflow, you are called to be someone this year who overflows with the things of God. Listen, overflow doesn't mean huge effort. It means an overflow of who you are. What is, the Bible says this. Remember this. It says... It says, above all things, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your life. Enter this year well. Leave things into last year. Things that are wrecking your wellspring. So that when you overflow, you overflow the things of the kingdom. Because I actually think anyone who talks, anyone who can communicate is overflowing. Out of the abundance of the heart, what does the Bible say? The mouth speaks. Here's a question I have for you. When you hang out with people, how often do you walk away refreshed? Is it heaps of drizzle, like just drivel? <laughs> Noise, drivel? You walk away worse, the same. Charlie and I just spent some time the last couple of days with some friends for New Year's up in Sydney. And I said to Charlotte when we got in the car to leave, I said, my soul feels refreshed. The conversation was God-honoring. It was big-minded. It was encouraging. It was laughter. It was, it was just, I feel like a better person. And so the challenge is this. You will give out of your overflow of what's in here. So work extremely hard at making sure what's in here is worth overflowing from. <laughs> last, uh, last year, uh, if my parents are listening or watching, I'm going to embarrass you, I'm sorry, but I just, you're my parents. Um, we went down to the, down the coast where they live, beautiful house they live in. And then one day my mum came in and she said, um, you, you can't use the toilets at the moment. Um, the toilets are now out of commission. Nothing to do with her. Um, <laughs> and what had happened was that the sewerage pipes in the front yard had um, broken and the whole front yard was just covered in sewerage. The sewerage cup overflowed. 
I don't know. Siri's trying to talk to me. When it comes to your life, don't be the sewer in the front yard. And some of the worst sewers in the front yards are Christians. People who have had a taste of freedom, taste of joy, taste of forgiveness, but have somehow forgotten it or gotten really weird and religious. The Pharisees knew the scripture, but on the inside they were dead. And I just want to encourage you, this year we're called to be a people who my cup overflows. Make sure the well that you have in your heart is not tainted. Listen, look at the things that come into your life. Look at your influences. Look at your friendships. Look at the family. Look at your work. Look at your TV, what you're watching, your your Instagram. Whatever it is, all these things build your internal well. Make scripture your foundation. Make prayer and worship your rally cry. Have people, meet up with people, get coffee with people, make intentional effort to get around people who are bigger, who can encourage you, who know the call of God on your life and can speak it into you. Why is that important? Because I know for me, if I don't have things like that in place, I start becoming the sewer in the front yard. And you hear it in me. You hear it in my preaching. You hear the negativity. I start getting cynical with things. And I start going, I just feel like I'm not my best. I have to come back to what matters. My cup overflows for he anoints my head with oil. (laughs) A big part of that is thankfulness. It's so important. And and as a church, I said it to Charlie this week because someone had given us a gift. Uh, for Christmas, and, 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 and we said, I said to her, I said, Dude, you text them, thank you, and you say, and, and my wife's amazing, but she said, no, this time she forgot, I'm just going to pick on you, Charlie, sorry, and, um, and I said to her, I said, let's be the 10%ers, let's be the 10%ers, now I forget all the time, I shouldn't have picked on my wife then, I can, oh, yeah, yeah. I love making my wife awkward. It's so good. What do I mean by 10 percenters? I mean, only, only one person came back and thanked Jesus. One out of 10 came back and thanked Jesus when they were healed of leprosy. One person said thank you. Statistically, one in 10 in this room knows how to walk in thankfulness. More than just someone giving you a gift and you saying thank you. I mean intentionality when it comes to, I'm going to go back, Jesus. They all went back to their families and celebrated and we never saw them again, the other lepers. But I'm going to go back and find the source and say thank you. Be a 10 percenter. So what I'm trying to say is this. When it comes to overflow, overflow in thanksgiving, overflow in worship. Overflow is people who are just so thankful. If this church, if our church can truly be thankful, truly. I'm not talking about just, oh, there's a, you know. I remember last time I spoke on Thanksgiving, I had three people come to me and say, thank you for being my pastor. I was so blessed by those three people. 
But I thought to myself, we should always be saying thank you. We should always be honoring. We should always be taking time. But we just get familiar. When was the last time you thanked Alicia Keys? Oh, but she just plays every week. She's, no, no, you're missing the point. You see, you're not a 10 percenter. You're not seeing the things that you need to see. Sorry, Alicia, if people bombard you today. Sorry, not sorry. You deserve to be thanked. Okay, um, I've got to move on. But it says this in Luke chapter 638. It says, give and it will be given to you. What is it? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use will be measured back to you. Give and it will be given to you. What does it say? It says running over. We live and we serve a God who was a God of running over. Ephesians 3, 20, 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Immeasurably more. Is this your revelation of God today? Is your God a God of just enough? Is your God a God of he can't do it? Or is he a God of he will do not just what we're believing for, but beyond? Oh, that's just, you're a faith preacher. When you, yes, I am. Please, I want, to be, I want to preach faith. If I can preach some faith, that'd be great. I want people to rise up and know that God causes our cup to overflow. He causes us to be running over. He causes us to be people who experience immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine. That's one of those scriptures you're reading is skim because it's too much. Like, it's too much, God. I just, more than I could ask, okay, ask and you'll receive, but imagine yeah. the power of imagination. So amazing. So number one, let it be a year of overflow. Today when we pray for you, we're going to pray that, God, may it be a year of overflow of your presence, of your goodness, of your ability, of your breakthrough anointing. The second thing is this. It says in Psalm 23, it says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The second thing is this. God wants it to be a year of favor. Surely your goodness will follow me. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. Stalk you. In the, looking through the, goodness is watching you. I'm coming for you. Like those, it's, may his goodness follow you. When you walk into your room, his goodness walks into the room. When you walk into a, you know, a cafe, his goodness walks into a cafe. His love follows you. You can't get rid of it. It's a stalker. It comes after you and it surrounds you and it looks after you. And it's the best thing in the world. May his goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. Oh, I pray that for our family. I pray for our household. I pray for our marriage. I pray for our church. I pray for our city that goodness and love will follow us. Psalm 90, verse 17. I love this. Psalm 90, 17. It says that the favor of the Lord your God be upon us and establish the work of your hands upon us. Yes, the work of our hands. 
Let the favour of the Lord be upon us. Unmerited favour, favour you don't even deserve. You see, it's one thing when someone works really hard and they, you think, oh, they got the, they're getting favour. What happens when someone gets favour and they don't deserve it? That is unmerited favour. That is Jesus dying for your sin-type favour. That we didn't deserve it, but his favour rested upon us. Psalm 5 verse 12 says this, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favour as with a shield. <laughs> How cool is that? His favour covers you as with a shield. When the arrows come, when the challenges come, when the things come, he's got a favour shield around you. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I know it's humour, but just stay with me. No good thing will he uphold from those who walk uprightly. Are there good things right now you feel like you're not seeing in your life? He promises he will not, with, he will not withhold from you. He will be someone who will cause his favour. He bestows favour and honour. You know one of the verses in the Bible that always intrigues me is this. It says that Jesus grew in favour with both God and man. Jesus grew in favour with his father and with man. And he was the son of God. And if he can grow in favour, God, I pray that I would grow in favour. I pray that you would grow in favour. Because if Jesus said, not just, and I pray it, not just with you, God, but with me and with people, that I have favour with people. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So the second thing is this, that you would have a year of his divine favour. And the last one is this, and that I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The third thing I'm praying over you, church, this year is a year of intimacy with him. This represents dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. That you would be somebody who just has a fresh encounter or fresh encounters with God. My only regret at the end of every year normally is this. I wish I spent more time with him. Anyone else? Ever, I, just, I just go, God, I just I had so much noise and so busy and so much. Oh, if only I gave you the same amount of time as I gave these other things that I thought were important that weren't as important as you. I encourage you this year to be like Mary with Mary and Martha. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Zephaniah 3.17, I love this verse. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. <laughs> when Charlie and I were dating... It's a very poor comparison, but I'll use it because his love is so immense. But when we were dating, I, I had moments like this where it says he will quiet you with his love. And God's used Charlotte to just bring so much healing to my heart. I, when I, we started dating, I said to her, I am a mess. You are marrying a messy person. I, I just, I don't have, like, I just, I just, I said, you want to break up with me? I get it but know what you're getting yourself into. Literally, I literally said that to Charlotte. I said, just, just, I'm sort of, but I'm committed to wholeness. I'm committed to walking forward. I'm committing to doing what I need to do. And she felt the peace of God to be a part of that process with me. 
And I remember we were dating and, and she would we'd go out for meals and we'd talk and I would sit there and I would start getting teary at Outback Steakhouse. Not because their steak was so good. <laughs> but because the, the kindness of God would just come through her. And I didn't know how to receive kindness. I'd gone through seasons where there wasn't much kindness in my world. And I'd, I said to Charlotte, I'm like, I, I, I was getting embarrassed. I'm like, oh, why am I getting teary? Because she was just so loving, so kind, so just this. He will, quiet, he will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. You know, this morning God is, he wants to quiet you with his love, intimacy. And he wants to exult over you, I love that, with loud singing. This uh, past few days, again, we're with this couple and, and Charlotte has actually invented eight original tracks when it comes to singing songs to our son. If you want to know what those songs are, she can tell you. Literally, she has invented, one is about breakfast time, one is about when he puts his cheek on her cheek and they dance around, one is about his toys, I think, one is just, one is about how squishy he looks, he's got a squishy and she sings about his squishiness. I'm not going to sing it, they're hers to sing, they're hers to sing. <laughs> so we told this couple about these songs, we're like, you know, I've got to, I've got to get, get the albums coming, I've got to make sure I get some marketing happening. And the wife really enjoyed the songs. The husband couldn't stand the songs. His name is Jared Chapman. Look him up on social media. Make sure you send him a comment. He, he walked down the hallway away from the dancing that was currently happening with my wife as she was singing these songs in this kitchen. He came back to check out if it was over. It was only halfway through. He disappeared again. Charlotte rejoices over Bear with singing. I might have one or two songs myself, to be honest. But I'm not going to give them to you. Huh? Nah. nah. They're not ready, Charlotte. They're not ready. <laughs> Overflow, favour and intimacy. Psalm 23. Last year felt a bit like that, the start of Psalm 23. And go back and read it, and you actually, through those eyes, you'll be like, hey, it actually does sound very similar. He made me lie down, he made me stop, he made, it was a bit dark at times, but look at what God's doing now. And so today, we're just going to take a few minutes, and the way we're going to do this is, um, Charlie and I are going to pray with you, but also some of our team, and and we're going to have worship. We're going to worship the Lord and just, just take a moment. But the wind, the wind today is this. And I talked to my team about what is the wind for today's service. The wind is that you would have a fresh encounter with God. That you would have a moment of just stopping and resetting your heart. It's the first Sunday of 2021. That we'll take a moment just to say, God, it's a new anointing. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And how you might, some of the person praying for you might just pray that over you. They might feel a prophetic encouragement.
But just take a moment just to, in your own heart just to prepare your heart before him, to prepare your heart when it comes to this year. And what they're going to do, they have it just to really simply explain it in case it sounds a bit unusual. They've got a little, little thing of oil. They're going to dab your forehead. That's all. And then if you want to wipe it off, feel free. But they'll dab your forehead. For COVID safety, they're going to be wearing a mask. Um, and also they're going to hand sanitise between each person. But why don't we all stand to our feet? And let's just take some time. And don't wait for someone to pray for you, but in the midst of the worship, if we could have the team come up, let's just worship the Lord. And I'm going to pray before they start coming around. I'm just going to pray Psalm 23 over you, that scripture of overflow. In Jesus' name. And if you don't want prayer, just say to the person, no, no thanks. But if you do, and if you got your, the kids are going to come in as well, I think, for some of the families. Again, prayer as a family. Feel free if you want your kids to be a part of that. We want to pray for couples and families as well. In Jesus' name. But Father, I thank you for this amazing church family. Lord, I thank you so much that you are here, that your presence is here. And Lord, I just declare that you prepare a table before us in our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. My cup overflows. Lord, I declare that your goodness and love will follow our church and our community all the days of our life and that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, right now in this moment, I pray that you would just touch our hearts. Lord, that we would sense you quieting us with your love, singing over us songs of rejoicing. Lord, we honour you in this place. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.